Hello and welcome to The Cute Life um, with me, Finley. Me, Ollie. And. And sitting to between us today because, in an attempt to make her not cry, Tova on a small chair. And so, if you hear any snuffling or, yeah, moving around, that's who it is. It's not me shuffling in my chair. <laughs> Um, but she seems quite happy, so hopefully that will mean that. Well, yeah, because she's getting the full focus of both attention. No um, so I've got an apology to make that there wasn't a cute life episode last week. You tried. I tried. I recorded one, um, just in time for us to go up to the Lake District and took all my stuff with me to publish it. And then when I went to publish it, it hadn't recorded, so I'd wasted all that time for nothing. Wasted your time. Everyone's time. Yeah, and I'll let you all down, which is the main thing. So, I'm very sorry. And also, this is going out late. (laughs) So, we've had a bit of a disastrous couple of weeks. I don't know. As long as it comes out during the week. Yeah. Um, And everything comes out during the week. Well, I endeavour to do it every Friday. But yeah, this week... um, Every recording day has just been ruined by Ollie getting back late with the trains. Um, Yesterday, per usual, it rained so much that it was. What do they do? They do the weather warning where they say there's a risk of death yeah. from the weather. So because it was going to rain so much, I yeah. said it was going to rain like a month's worth of rain in a day. So I was like, oh, the trains are going to be like shitty. And then I checked online and it said like warning floods may may occur. So I like, walked to the train station, got there. Like walked up the stairs to my platform. There was loads of people waiting for the train. I was like, "Oh fuck's sake!" Got to the like counter. What, what do you call it? This the platform. <laughs> the bit where it shows you the trains, and it said like delayed, and then they said oh, over the um the boards. Yeah, and they were announcing that the trains were all delayed because there was a fire by the track. <laughs> Honestly, the English train system is just beyond shit. I just like... Like, only England could have monumental floods. Like, I swear to God, yesterday... And it still catches on fire. If you'd gone out into the street with a newspaper and, like, a box of matches, you could not have lit that newspaper on fire. Ugh, honestly, they are beyond shit. And it's amazing because you go to Finland and they have, like, blizzards and their trains work perfectly fine. Ours... I mean, it catches fire when there's But I don't... Heavy also, rain. what I don't understand is... Why not just say, like, the track's flooded? Because everyone there would have gone... Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Don't tell anyone about the fire. <laughs> no one needs to know. Do this like the... Be like the Korean government. Just tell us what we need to know. No, we want... Tell us what we want to... Want what, to hear? Tell us... Yeah, just... Well, they don't, don't tell do us that, the, do they? Well, don't tell us the truth. They just don't tell them anything. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Don't tell me anything. Move me Coronavirus, to... Coronavirus, don't care. Don't care, don't Climate tell... change, don't care. Just <laughs> c- communist bliss. That's what I want to live in. Sweet communist bliss. I want to drive the same car as everyone else, <laughs> live in the same horrible apartment as everyone else, and never see my children. My friend said that he went to Cuba recently, who I think they're not communist anymore, but they're like sort of... They're they? still living with the uh, kind residual... Of, yeah. Um, and he said the food was so terrible that he actually looked forward to the airplane food, which I think says a lot about the food in Cuba and made me not want to live in a communist society. He also said that, what, like, vegetarianism didn't even exist. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I mean, because he quite likes to 
um, eat quite a lot of vegan and I mean he's a meat eater but mainly eats like vegan and vegetarian stuff um, <clears throat> oh I think it's still communist is it? since 1965 the state has been governed by the communist party of Cuba oh that's interesting so it's still hey look I don't know Yeah. I, just I thought it was over now but uh. I don't know whatever Anyway, whether it is or in my communist state, you won't be able to find out about terrible. other communist states. Terrible, and yeah, states. he just Michael just said that we couldn't eat anything, like if we went there, just because it's so terrible, and like. But like it's the late district. Well, you just go into the supermarkets, and like they don't have like different brands of things. You know where you go into an aisle, and you're like, oh, I want some orange juice, and they have Tesco's own. Other stores are available. Um, Sunny D. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see you. Tropicana. Um, that's all the orange. Innocent. Innocent, yeah. That's, oh, I mean, what is this even? What is this? Orange part? cast. <laughs> I mean, let's not hire orange What are we even talking about? Um, and also, you listed Sunny D, like second, which I don't think even like, has oranges in it. I mean, Isn't it just chemicals? Is it still going? I'm pretty sure it's it got, got to banned still be going. In it. I think they had to change the flavour. We weren't allowed to drink it when we were little because it was too unhealthy. Was that an urban legend that that girl turned orange from drinking too much Sunny D? Or do you think that was real? I think it might be an avalanche. Anyway, you know how you go into the supermarket, and there's all a selection of orange juices you can choose. While in Cuba, like literally, it's just like one of everything, which just, I mean, so depressing, but probably quite good for indecisive people, right? I mean, it does, yeah, you've just got one option. Yeah. You just just buy it. Yeah. Anyway, I can't, how did we even get onto this subject? Um, (laughs) I have no idea. Um, anyway. Uh, we have had a nice sort of week, haven't we? Because we went to the Lake District at the weekend. Yeah. Where well, we went for our honeymoon. Literally exactly the same place. Exactly the same place, yeah. Um, with both of our families, which was interesting. <laughs> it was very nice. Um, it was... <clears throat> we had... The windiest experience I think I've ever been in my whole entire life. It wasn't, yeah. It was insanity. It was like being in a hurricane or a tornado or something. Did you put it on your Insta story? Yeah, I I put a couple of videos for one of my sister falling over, absolute gold. I like, it genuinely was that windy that... She fell over. She got like... She got blown over. And luckily, Ollie happened to be filming at the time. It was fucking brilliant. It was so good because normally when you watch like You've Been Framed or any of those kind of shows where show clips of like people getting hurt or injured the good kind of telly <laughs> you're like why were they filming yeah or like wasn't that good luck that they were filming when that happened it was the best luck wow should have bought a lottery ticket that day Ooh. so blessed yeah. yeah we went up to the lake district we were up there for like four nights four days yeah I lost that thing where you lose track of time instantly and you don't know what day it is a bit like a Christmas which is a good feeling mm. Um, but yeah, we just did the usual things that you did in the Lake District. Wandered around in slightly damp conditions. Went to pubs. Went on muddy walks. Went on muddy walks. I did some sketching. Yeah, which was very artistic of you. Well, I just, I never draw anything. I, I'm not really an artist who keeps a sketchbook and I always get so jealous of other artists when they like flip through their sketch sketchbooks and they're just all, they look wonderful and I... Was feel very jealous, so I thought I'd, I don't know. Start doing a sketch for it? Yeah. I'll, I'll, 
I don't know whether I'm ever going to be one of those artists who kind of, I kind of get too like carried away and want to sort of complete artwork. I mean, you're very good at sketchbooks. You mainly just use sketchbooks and don't really... But I see that. It's funny, though, because I see that as a negative thing. Really? No, I love that. Because it means I just never do anything to completion. I just No, but it's nice to do things that are just... I don't know. Like, there's no pressure. You don't have to... It doesn't need to well, look amazing. there is pressure if you buy a moleskin sketchbook. Oh, yeah. Because right. they're so expensive that you can't even draw in them because you're just... Because the first drawing you do will be bad and then you're like, I've ruined this whole sketchbook. £18 down the drain. <laughs> Um, but I am going to try. I think it's just I want to get better at sort of um, like look like drawing from life and doing yeah. observational drawing. So I did a couple of drawings of my sister and like I just the landscape out the window of where we were staying. Um, but yeah, I didn't hate them. No, I thought they looked good. Yeah, I kind of want to like experiment with doing more sort of like I don't know sketches in different mediums because I'm I've always just been like a pencil person I know you sort of use pen and ink mainly. yeah um but yeah I kind of want to like try my hand at something you some know, new mediums some new mediums yeah I don't know whether I'll ever have the time to fully commit to this well I think you should just keep the sketchbook and every time you go away anywhere just always take that one sketchbook well with you. I was thinking you know when I'm going up I'm going up to London next Friday because um, I'm going to go meet my girlfriends um, my girlfriends for a meal in the evening and I'm going to go up early and Ollie's going to take Tova for the day and I'm going to go to a few museums because I haven't done that in forever <laughs> I literally can't remember the last time I did that so I think I might bring my sketchbook with me and just do some little drawings then maybe you might as well yeah put it in, well put it in your bag yeah. you don't have to it's like no pressure is it yeah I just kind of want to like yeah have a day sort of to myself I think doing stuff yeah. like that because you never get to spend any time with yourself oh I do spend a lot of time <laughs> myself don't I <laughs> it's weird that you're planning to spend a day bit of time with yourself when all I do but I mean I know what you mean myself. you mean like out and about yeah. in the real world I'm just like I think when like, whenever I go away with people, like, this weekend, like, it makes me realise what, like, an introvert I am, because I just find it such hard work. Like, don't get me wrong, I love spending time with people and my friends and my family and stuff, but I just find it, like, I don't know, find other people's, like, um, <clears throat> I, I don't mean... To, like, the I, way that they want things done. Done, yeah, I find it really draining, and, like, other people's opinions and... <laughs> No, I don't. This is. No, I, know I don't mean. mean it as a, in an insulting way, or like I'm not getting at anyone about this. It's just like generally speaking, like I just find it very draining, and I think that's a classic introvert but every, but trait. But no, but I mean, I think obviously if you're introverted, you get that more strongly. But yeah. everyone gets that to a certain extent. If they didn't, everyone would live in shared houses forever because yeah, it's cheaper. Well, but no, no I mean, one wants to. Like I was talking to. Um, another friend who like is an introvert and we both work for ourselves and just saying how we find like we're both built for working by ourselves like completely and most offices are not built for like introverts at all because it's all sort of like teamwork and working together and like um what's it delegating and yeah and and all that kind of thing and I just like whenever I work for people I think that's why I just find it found it such hard work because I just can't I don't know I just find it really difficult working with other people 
And well, I think it is just because, like, the whole workforce, like, office environment are, like, set up for extroverts. I don't think it's set up for extroverts, but I guess extroverts probably thrive slightly better in those situations, so end up staying there longer. Yeah. I mean, no, <coughs> no one wants to work in an office. Some people do. Some people are idiots. Mm. Anyway. Don't insult half <laughs> No, I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that people who work in offices are idiots. I work in an office. I'm just saying some of people are idiots in the world, and no one can question that. Okay, I'll. Anyway, you dig, got dig 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 dig. Do you want me to tell you a, a very quick paranormal story as a little segue okay. before you do your cute thing for this week? Um. Well, my cute thing's only very short, so maybe I should just do my short. Well, I doubt it's a short... Is your cute thing shorter than two paragraphs long? Yes. Please do your cute thing first. My cute thing is literally um, that I discovered that Beatrix Potter, the famous illustrator from the Lake District... Oh, where um, our house famously is. Yes. uh, We went to her office and it is very disappointing. Do not waste money on that attraction everyone just warning you it is very overpriced for was that the house we went and walked around yes it is terrible i've never been so disappointed in a attraction in my whole life i honestly considered a one star review yeah honestly it's that bad do you know how much of a beatrix potter fan i am i love her there's a beatrix potter book mounted on this is literally my cute thing this week um and i was horribly disappointed it's just terrible so if you ever go to the Lake District do not do not be tempted to pay money for her office um it's my warning heed my warning um anyway back to my cute thing yeah my before you got distracted by your own insane rage that I discovered that Beatrix Potter the illustrator from the Lake District um she did a drawing of Hastings or several drawings of Hastings in her story Little Pig Robinson um, and you can see the little uh, fishing huts that are very famous to Hastings that are on the seafront that um, keep all the, the fishermen keep all their nets in um, is in this book and I discovered that I actually had the book in the cupboard so it is now well it's funny because Finn saw the drawing online went to buy the book and then was like I think I have this book yeah and then and rummaged I around the cupboards at my mum's house yeah um out it came. And there it were. Yeah, so it's now on our shelf. So I'll, I don't know. I already shared. I shared a picture in my stories today, but I'll link a picture in the show notes anyway because it's cute. It's the best. I love it. What's so good much. though and cute about it is it's a good, like, accurate drawing of Hastings, and then it's a pig with a basket walking around in Hastings. It's so fucking cute. It's literally the best of both worlds, Ben. So adorable. <laughs> is there anything more adorable than a pig with a basket? Baby pandas. I said that. A baby panda time. in a basket. Baby panda in a pa- basket being carried by a pig. Please. Done. Anyone want to do a drawing of that? <laughs> Anyone want to fight Finn over if that's the cutest thing? Because she'll win. <laughs> She's angry now. Maybe I should She's... just... Part of my cute thing should just be like me concocting like the cutest thing and it builds up and builds up and builds up until it's like the cutest thing that you can possibly Next imagine. Next week you could do the world. cutest scenario you could possibly imagine. Maybe if I just add to that scenario, I'm going to do it. Okay. It will be like, you know, that nursery rhyme. There was an old lady who... Yeah. Wait. Wait. No, that's not it. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I yeah, that is it. Swallowed a fly. Okay. Should I? Um, it'll be like that, but with cute things. Sounds like 
a great idea for a podcast to do on your own, maybe. <laughs> and maybe if you forget to release it. Oh. Oh my God, you're so mean. <laughs> That's the meanest. I'm actually going to cry. I don't think you're I'm going, going to cry, cry into this fire. I'm going to use Toby's ears as a hanky. <laughs> um, yeah, tell me your paranormal thing, you mean, mean boy. Well. I got two sort of paranormal things. Okay. One, just a quick one. Right. Where, if you think of places you've lived and been. Fit worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's on. one of them, correct? Carry on. Where, like, of all the places you've been, where would you say it was like the spookiest place? What, are you talking about like towns and villages or like a building? Like parts of towns. Like parts of towns. Spookiest. So you could say like, oh, you know, the like dark alley by the church in Fittleworth or uh, Dead Man's Creek or uh, something. I went on, maybe the ghost walk I went on in Bath because he told me all the it's like whenever you go on a ghost walk, there's something about plagues. Yeah. Oh, wait, went to Edinburgh once, and that's yeah. very haunted. Yeah, all places you didn't live, though, isn't it? But... Oh, shit, did you say live? <laughs> yeah. Um, my house, because that was haunted. Fittleworth, Hampton Cottage. So, old places. Yes. Which is why one of the most haunted spots in East Sussex is... Churchill Square Shopping Centre in Brighton. What? <laughs> so apparently... Is it just like the ghosts of loads of emo kids? <laughs> so if people don't know Churchill Square Shopping Centre in Brighton, firstly, what's the point of your life? And secondly... <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived. <laughs> you haven't lived, that's what I was trying to remember. What did I say? What's the point of your life? <laughs> Sorry, we're quite tired. Um, it's like... The normal generic shit town, like middle of town shopping centre. Yeah, you know, like every town has it where it's just like where the H and M and the the top shop is. So I was and the Poundland and the Poundland, the JD Sports, Primark, Clinton's Cards. Can't believe that's still going. W H Smiths, all the English institutions. (laughs) Obs. So there's a ghost there called Black Belly from Churchill Square Shopping Centre. Belly? As in like B-E-L-L-Y? Yeah, as in look at Toby's big fat belly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that. Okay. Black Belly is a particularly unpleasant apparition reported to inhabit an area surrounding Churchill Square Shopping Centre in central Brighton. And then, this is on a paranormal forum, then there's this very suspicious sentence... We have to be careful about what we say regarding sightings inside Churchill Square itself. Why? Why? Like, is Churchill Square shopping centre going to come and shut down this paranormal forum? Anyway. They're going to sue them? As far as we know, there have been no sightings within the public area of the shopping centre. What? But it is thought that Black Belly is a heritage ghost. He is a leftover from the Georgian houses that used to stand where Churchill Square stands today. Well, this is the thing. Like, if even if there are new places being built, like, they I mean, yeah. Like, also, how sad that they knocked down, like, Georgian houses to build that, that shithole shopping centre. That monstrosity. Uh, Black Belly is the name that has been attributed to the apparition locally since the 1960s. 
It was first used by the out-of-town contractors who were brought in to demolish the old houses and construct the first Churchill Square shopping centre. This beer is absolutely amazing. Do you like it? I thought it tasted like a washing up liquid. Oh my god, I'll drink yeah, it. Yeah, you can I have love my it. One. Uh, me and Ollie are drinking rose lemonade sour beer and... It I... tastes exactly like washing up liquid to me. I love it. Like... Have I mentioned my passion for sour beer on this podcast before? I'm the sourer the better. If my face is like scrunched up and like my eyes are watering, like that's the sign of a good beer for me. Um. Anyway, sorry. Carry Physical on. pain. That's really good. Um, it is possible that Black Belly is the same apparition as a ghost called Angry Mick, associated <laughs> with Grenville Place, one of the streets demolished to make way for Churchill Square. A tale from 1911 describes an incident in which eight residents of Grenfell Place claimed to have witnessed an, ag- an aggressive apparition. That was Angry Mick, which is a great name for a ghost. Angry Mick. Black bellies is said to appear to witnesses in their side vision. Initially, most witnesses are unconcerned. The entity appears so real that it is mistaken for a living person. However, when witnesses bring their full sight on the apparition, they become aware that it is hovering a couple of inches from the floor. Ooh. The figure is said to be that of a large, bald man in his late 50s to early 60s. He is wearing a shirt which has come open at the bottom, exposing a large, bloated, bruised stomach. Uh. When brought into full sight, the entity is reported to begin wailing hysterically, <gasps> then charge at the witness. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Don't leave me like, hanging like this. I'm literally... I've got a... Sucks in my breath. My phone, my phone cropped off the bottom. Wait one second. Uh, sorry, I've really ruined the story, didn't I? It got. Began. Exposing a large, bloated, bruised stomach. When brought into full sight, the entity is reported to begin wailing hysterically, then charge at the witness in a strange, motionless way, only to disappear How can you when feet charge away. Charge at a witness in a strange, motionless. Way? I guess if you just sort of stand still and zoom towards the person. Oh my god, that's so scary. The most recent credible sighting involved a local telecoms engineer who went as far as reporting the incident to the police, being uncertain of his own mind and unsure whether he had seen a ghost or a madman. Surveillance videos show a terrified young man reacting to some threat and fleeing from something, but no apparition was recorded. What? But where's this? That could just be bullshit. Where's the... Of course it's bullshit. It's a ghost story, but it's good. I like stories. But isn't that creep? There's a creepy image. Ugh. Black belly. Bruised stomach. Yeah. Ugh. Right. Well, I'm gonna hang around Churchill Shopping Centre. Well, now. I just thought, you know, we've got friends who live in Brighton still. Well, I might just yeah, just stay. Just if you're in Churchill Square Shopping Centre, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. He sounds like quite a recognisable character. Oh, I don't want to recognise him. I think he's too scary. Too much. Yeah. Too much to handle. I only like nice ghosts. Well, in response to this, then. Right. If you got a ghost and you need to get rid of it, you need a witch who can perform witchcraft. Yeah. That's when you get Kev the Witch in. Oh, it's either... Oh... Did I talk about Kev the Witch before on this? Uh... I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, I don't need to get into Kev the Witch now. Okay. Well, that, everyone's going to be very confused if you haven't spoken about him before. If you have, well, a very brief summary. Kev the witch is a witch that lives in Saint Leonard's. He's a man called Kevin who is also a witch. Don't let that hold you back. I'm sure you've talked about him. 
I'm sure I've talked about it before. I just always... Mainly because we're obsessed with him. <laughs> I was just reading about him again today. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that we discovered on our trip to the Lake District, mm-hmm. on the way back, yeah. if you'll remember, uh, I found a thread on Twitter, which was, what is the most ridiculous name you've ever come across in real life? I once met a kid who swore blind his friend's dad was called Malcolm Powder. <laughs> I love it. Which first he is just amazing. Um, and then, so everyone was like responding with their amazing names. Didn't you have a good name? Someone embarrassing? I used to be, um, I can't remember what her surname was, but at sixth form, I was at sixth form with someone called Storm Cloud. And that was her first name, Storm hyphen Cloud. Cloud for sure. I, I can't remember. What Did people call her Storm or was it always Storm Cloud? Storm Cloud. I think she was quite she was quite adamant about it, but it was her christened name. She didn't make it up. No, that wasn't one of those annoying teenage things where, like, you know, in Ladybird, my, my name is Ladybird. Um, it was actually her name, but yeah, I think that was it. Oh yeah, and um, my sister went to school with two twins called Richard and. William, as in Dick, Dick and Willie. Yeah. Well, that leads well into the name that was one of the best ones that someone responded to. So this person called Whores of Yore on Twitter okay. said, Fanny Cunt turns up in the 1891 <gasps> census living in... Sorry, beep, beep. Living in Hastings in Sussex. Fanny Cunt lived at <gasps> three, <laughs> three Eversfield Place with a family of cunts. Her son... Ollie, Ash- stop it! Her son, Alfred Cunt. Beep! Her other son, Richard... Beep! Dick Cunt. Oh, damn it! Beep, beep! And her daughters, Ella... Beep! And Violet... Beep! Cunt. Beep! Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that amazing? Um, so what does the C-U-N team word mean? I thought it was vagina, like... Surely, like, where does it derive from? Because it is a very old word, isn't it? Because it was in Chaucer. I remember when we read it in English that they said the C word. But I wonder what it means then. Because I always thought it was the ladies downstairs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's... um... So that can't be a surname, surely. Well, Fanny would disappear with you. Like, vagina's not a... Like, surname... Uh, apparently it's a very popular surname in India. Is it? Oh, so maybe they were like Indian then. I think that's unlikely in Hastings in the night. Well, maybe not. No. It's Good. a Turkish nickname, uh, surname, I mean. Could be Turkish. But anyway, the thing, so obviously that's great because that's just down the road. <laughs> so hilarious. can I go far, do you know what house they were at? Well, I do. Mm. But what's even better that I found out, which I found out later after reading this, mm. is that a local campaigner in Hastings has been trying to get a commemorative blue plaque <gasps> erected to her yes! memory on the kebab house that now for- operates at her former address. Oh my god. But people obviously are saying Not... no because her name is Beep Beep. Beep Beep. As Finley likes to say. <laughs> um, I think that it's mean. That they should give her the plaque because it's not her fault that she had a glorious name. And um, it's sexist. 
Well, but I think the thing is, is normally the blue plaques do... They'd give one to Willie Dick, wouldn't they? Well, no, because they normally commemorate someone who's done something good, then. She did. She existed. Just existed with a real bad with name. the best name. Uh, but I'm just going to... So, aside from Fanny, yeah. there is also Emma. Fanny is a nice name. I like the name Fanny. I mean, obviously I would not name my child Fanny because the teasing. Fanny Place. But I like it. Fanny Place is good, though. Um, there's Emma, Ida, Sarah, Willie. Willie can't. Very unfortunate. Willie can't. Rose, Santa. Who are these? These are all these other ones. These are oh. famous sea names oh. in history. And Ransom. Ransom can't. Are you joking? Is that the name? That's the name. That's the best name I've ever Born heard. Born in South Carolina in 1815. Ransom can't. I love it. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. So rude. You're going to have to put an explicit mark. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to. Because you've been swearing like a, <laughs> a bloody... Oh, I have. Like a bloody sailor, Finlay. <laughs> um, Those are my two interesting things for this week. very interesting. Thank you for that, Bonnie. Ghosts. Ghosts. And swear words. Swearing. The two, two of my favourite things, practically. But I want to try and find out more um, of those sort of paranormal stories about... There is a book called Haunted Hastings. Maybe I should buy it and read it. Yeah, isn't it in that, like, second-hand shop, I swear? Like, every time I walk past it, I stare longingly in at the window at it. But I never buy it. I'm going bloody buy about it. about 20p. Yeah, exactly. Oh, book, well, when will you oh, be mine? <laughs> if only I could gather my riches and buy it. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, maybe I'll just bite the bullet and go in and get it. Yeah, you might as well. Um, I kind of wanted to touch on the fact that I've put my prices up. Yeah? Um, put my prices up this week. Well, I haven't actually. Yeah. Good start. I've taken it all offline and I'm going through, but it's all a bit complicated because obviously I've got so many different variants of each thing, so I've got to change each single price. And of course, everyone now is messaging me, like, how much is this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't actually know at all. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to talk to you a bit about, like, pricing artwork and stuff. Because I kind of put on my stories that I was changing my prices. And I had a lot of messages from people, like, wanting advice about pricing artwork. And I thought, I know quite a lot about it. You know quite a lot about it. And we're kind of like, I'm more on a sort of mm, commercial, uh, lower price point kind of artwork thing. Whereas you're used to selling million pound artwork. So I don't know. I thought it would be quite interesting if we talked about it. Things we're kind of like in different fields, I guess. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that like within the world of art, there's such massive... A, such a range of difference mm. because the amount of effort and work that goes into your one of your paintings I've seen artwork that sells for milli- like a million pounds that has less effort yeah. and Ollie was saying to me the other day that like they class a low price well like like our cheap you... like our cheap uh are like accessible prints like you know the stuff that we make to be affordable they start like £1,500 which kind of makes my one of a kind bespoke painting bespoke painting for like four or £500 quite reasonable doesn't it yeah I mean that's like a limited edition print of 
25 prints. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, it's like putting things in perspective, isn't it? I just think, like, a lot of artists, and I definitely was guilty of this in the beginning, when you first start out, you really lack confidence in your work, and you think, oh, there are so many people who are much more talented than I am, so I'm going to have to price myself really low to be able to get any work. And in one way, that's good, because I wouldn't have probably got enough as much work and I wouldn't have I don't know like like be as I don't know what the word like as no had as not as much practice as I have because I got a lot of work in the beginning because I was cheap so that has its plus point but in then in the grand scheme of things it has a knock-on effect with like the rest of the industry because people think that that's the going rate for portraits if people artists who don't have any confidence in the work are charging peanuts for them and then artists who are actually trying to make a living can't make a living because people are undercutting them basically yeah so um... it's like a real problem i think it is i mean the problem as well is that there's no fixed rate for like it's completely up to people's discretion what they decide they want to charge. Yeah. Um, and I had someone message me because my advice was, like, look at other artists that are sort of similar to your field, um, sort of similar skill level, maybe similar medium, similar size, that kind of thing, um, to try and gauge on, like, how much you should price things for. Um, and then I had someone message saying, my work's so, like, I, I can't... Like, I never find anyone who's doing something similar to me. And, okay, yeah, that's... if I mean, it's kind of difficult in that respect, but if you're individual, then you should be pricing your work more because it's one of a kind, it's individual. I mean, there's always that case as well, is that, you know, if you really... If that person really thinks that there's nothing else that they compare it to... Because I do think, like you're saying, you can compare it to things that are similar size, medium... Yeah, that's what like I that. said. I mean, it's not like... I think maybe they took it really literally that they should... I don't know. Go and find, like, another artist who also does paintings of cars in acrylic. Y- yes, exactly. One metre by one metre um, I'm I meant sort of more in terms of, like, you know, similar painting style and... Um, yeah, size, material, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but but also, I think it's like you've got to like for me now. I'm repricing things, and I'm pricing things that like because I do things now, and over the year, like every year, I improve in skill, and my things get more detailed, and like my backgrounds are more elaborate now. So they take me longer, and now I'm doing things, and I'm looking at them. I was looking at them last month, and I was thinking that you know they're they should be more because yeah. they've taken me a lot longer. And when even though like you might price something and think, oh my god, that's quite expensive, like two hundred and fifty pounds, like when you actually break it down for what it is like and how long it's taking you and the material cost of it and the fact that you know postage costs and um the fact that you've practiced for like three years to yeah get to i mean this that's point, the thing is it's not it just... all boils down into that price, and so when you think about it, I mean yeah it's not it's not just how long that thing took to take uh took to make it's yeah it's 
all your years that have gone into getting exactly. to that point of being able to do it as well. Yeah. But I think also, you know, for people who are just starting out and when you go to like a, I don't know, like some degree show or something and there's like students and they're selling like drawings for like 10 quid and stuff, you're like, whatever you're doing and even if you're uncertain of how to price things, you should at least be paying yourself a decent hourly rate yeah, for not, what you've done. Yeah. Because no, I just... Wait, no, wait, like, I mean... Some, sometimes, like, in the past, I've broken things down and I'm getting, like, way less than minimum wage. Yeah. And most of, I have to say, most of whenever I get approached to do some sort of illustration job, the money seems really good and, um, like, tempting in the beginning because it's quite a big lump sum. But if you actually break down how much work you have to do in, like, a small amount of time to get that money, it works out as less than minimum yeah. wage. And I do think, like... I think this is a real problem in the illustration industry at the moment because there are artists who, like, who are just starting out who think, bloody hell, like... You know, I haven't really been working for very long and that looks like a huge amount of money, so I'm going to go for it. And it means that, like, the whole industry Yeah, they get excited because down. they go, oh, my God, I can get £5,000 for doing 5,000 drawings. Yeah. And then you realise you're getting paid £1 a yeah, drawing. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, it's just... You've got to look at it how long... Like, how long it's going to take you and what... I, I think that's a good place to start, like if you break it down like how much you're getting per hour like and I'd think to be an artist like you should be looking at le- like what at least £15 an hour or something like that oh yeah definitely well just because you're I mean no matter how fun people think being an artist is and that you know oh it's enjoyable or whatever so therefore you shouldn't have to pay for it I mean I think that's the consensus I think there's a the, lot of people who are not artistic it's a skill and it's a skill you work hard on and you and a lot of people can't do and that's but I why think the problem is, is people who can't do it their perception of it is what they saw at school and there was always like the kid who was like naturally good at playing the piano or naturally good at painting or something like that and then if they weren't good at those things they're like well you know it just came easily to them mm. whereas they're like <clears> I <throat> have to go and I don't know think really hard at my job so it's difficult so that's why I deserve to get more money or whatever they don't yeah that's the thing I think all people who aren't sort of artistic or creative think that you're just like gifted with this natural ability and you are to a certain extent I think you know I definitely was like you know some people's it leans towards some people yeah we were both good at art at school and stuff but but if you see if you go and look at the first painting of a dog you did which is in my mum's downstairs toilet pride of place yeah and you look at the ones you're doing now like it shows what a difference practice makes they're in you can't compare them they look like two completely different artists pieces so you know that's what you're getting is all that skill yeah i don't know i think anyway i just thought do you have any advice like, because I, I was thinking, you know, make sure you're being paid an hourly wage. I heard a good tip that it was, um, like, imagine the lowest price you'd be happy with, then double it. Um, and a lot of people who were messaging me, I was saying it's much better to price higher because then, you know, if people are scared off by it or whatever, there's always room for negotiation and there's always, 
you know you can do a discount if you at your discretion or whatever and it's still better than charging nothing like and charging a, a tiny amount and not getting enough money per well to live yeah and to pay the bills i think as well also like you know your prices of things they don't have to be set in stone yeah i mean until you get to the point where you are like a commercially represented by a gallery artist and then you want to be increasing your prices. But that's nothing to do with you as an artist. It's no. because all the people who bought your art when it was at <clears> earlier price want to make money when they sell their art later on down the line. Yeah. And that's, But I think that commercial art, which is so expensive, I think does slightly skew things for artists like you, who are just one person just producing a, a, a product. Yeah. That it's like these two things almost aren't in the same like world they're so completely different and it's not necessarily to do with the product it's just how the product is used yeah because it's packaged <clears throat> yeah because they're using it as a you know with a lot of these really expensive artworks they're using it as a means of investing and making money yeah it's not nece- it's not necessarily to do with the value of the work itself yeah um I think I always worry about it seeming unfair to people who have bought my work in the past as well. Um, <clears throat> and I always worry about that. And that I worry that they won't want to buy anything from me again. But I think I've learned that if people really value my work, then they'll come and they'll pay it because they value me and they value the things that I make. And it's great that they got something for a bit cheaper in the past, but they're getting a better product now, so they're paying a bit more money. Yeah, and it. also I think that people, you know, they, most of the people I imagine who buy your art follow you on Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So they're watching you, like, progress, and they're watching you yeah. come along. So it's like, they're the people who probably understand, like, the price changes and totally. go, like, well, of course it's going to go up. yeah. I had some really nice messages from my customers actually when I said I was putting my prices up and like quite a few people messaged me and said uh, I think you should charge more and they were people who had like bought things from me and yeah. it just made me feel really good like, like just... they were so happy with my product that they wanted to, they would have given me more money yeah um and that kind of yeah really validated I think the difficulty that it's it's that like risk versus reward kind of thing and oh my god like you know it's like you could just make your paintings you can make your paintings ten thousand pounds each and sell sell one one a year year, yeah and and then you would be making 10 grand a year from your painting or you can sell 20 a year for 500 pounds and make 10 grand a year if that math is correct um (laughs) probably isn't but then it's like... I want... I still... I really... It's important to me that my work's, like, accessible. I want people to be able to... Yeah, of course. ...afford it. Um, but I also, like, want to be paid fairly for, like, the amount of effort and work that I've done over the years. Um, but... <clears throat> I can't remember what my train of thought was here. I think the problem is, is that there isn't really an answer because you can and this is the thing is you can sort of do whatever you want and I think it's going to work completely differently for different artists mm. um, 
some artists might say, well, I just want to sit and churn out like 50 really quick drawings a day and I sell them all for £20 each and that worked really well for them. Or there was that other artist who worked on one drawing of Marilyn Monroe for like four years and then sold it for like yeah. 250 grand. I just want to get to the point now. I think the last, what, four or five months have been kind of an unmanageable workload for me. Like it's just, I've barely had any time for personal projects at all. It's just been getting commissions done which is absolutely I'm not complaining about that no of course it's absolutely my dream it's amazing I love like I love 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 my job but um it's kind of unmanageable and I think like for my work to progress I need to do less so hopefully by raising my prices I'll be able to do a little bit less work for the same or hopefully more money um and it will give me more time to be able to like explore your art explore and make my art better and make more products and yeah and and further like my practice you know it's the thing we talk about at work a lot is you want to be you want to be ahead of your project you don't want to be like always running to catch up with everything you're doing yeah that's what i'm at at the moment and i feel like i don't want it to affect like because i'm a massive like perfectionist yeah and i obsess over every painting that i'm doing and i worry that i'm not going to be doing my 100 percent if i'm constantly like thinking about the next project and not like fully committing to like each personal one but um well I don't think you need to worry about that because I think your paintings are fucking great. Oh, thanks. That's all right. Sorry, you need to beat that out as well. Oh, because you said uh, the F word. Yeah. Oh, everyone's used to the swearing now. Yeah. Um. After your rude swearing <laughs> in the beginning. Uh. Ooh. Um. Sorry. Oh, you woke up. Oh, I've woken up our darling daughter. Absolutely fuming. Um. Shall we clock off then? I think we'll clock off. It's a off. Friday night here. I don't think we actually said that. That it's, we're recording on a Friday evening. We're a bit late. Um, we're just having a little... We're a bit lame. We're a bit lame. We're a bit... Oh, we're going to have a chocolate Oreo vegan cheesecake now, so... From our dear friends at Waitrose. Oh, Waitrose, you could be dogs. Could be the best vegan supermarket. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think it's up there. The vegan section is very good. Yeah. I also bought... Fake bacon for breakfast tomorrow. Breakfast tomorrow, which looks interesting. We have scrambled tofu, aren't we? Oh yeah, you getting hungry, Phil? Yeah, I am. You've just eaten dinner. I know, but I really want that cheesecake. Well, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of that. Okay, so um, thanks so much for listening, you guys. Um, Subscribe if you haven't already. Um, rate and review or just like share to share on Instagram and with your pals and if you want to talk to us about anything um, if you've been to Churchill Square Shopping Centre you've seen Black Belly <laughs> send for the anyone's message. Black Belly yeah if you've seen any Black Bellies in your entire life self in um, um, yeah then follow us on Instagram at Finley Elliot Portraits at Ollie Place correct um, and yeah. Oh, well. and if anyone else is doing March Meet the Maker this month, I'm doing it, but um, I have not done today's because I am... Fen, fen, fen. I think I'm just going to pick and shoot, like, cause some of them I'm just like, this is so boring. Why, what was the one for today? Uh, well, it wasn't boring, it was um, how you'd be, like, eco, like, 
but I just whatever well I can think of things that I do do to be eco because I'm a eco you're an eco warrior no uh, I've got eco anxiety I'm an eco anxiety vegan um but like I couldn't think of anything to post that would be interesting and I'm kind of it's a very difficult one you're like here's some wrapping I use yeah here's a bit of like biodegradable cellophane like I literally that's the only thing I could think of I was like that's not pretty I don't want to put it on so, you should have just done like you emptying a bin bag of wrapping into the sea and being like, I recycle all my wrapping into the sea every week. Or like that train, that train guard. Oh, uh, yeah. Did, where did you hear that? It was on Adam and Joe's uh, podcast, and <laughs> someone wrote in and said that when they were little, they were on the train and they had a packet of crisps. And when they finished it, they were trying to find the bin and they went up to the train guard and they went, Oh, can you put this in the bin for me? And he went, sure. And then he opened the window and threw the bag out of the window and went, there's a bin that'll never get full. <laughs> it made me and Ollie laugh so much. The... Oh, I think about that all the time. Yeah, we think about it all the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, on that note. On that bombshell. Um, love you guys. I hope you have a good weekend and speak to you next week, yeah? Bye. Right. Hello, um, morning Finlay here, um, it's the next day and I'm just about to publish this and I realised that what I should have recommended yesterday when we were talking about pricing your illustrations and pricing your artwork is I wanted to recommend Holly Exley's YouTube video um, about pricing your illustration work. Um, it's like really useful with lots of like tips and um, advice and she recommends um, quite a good illustration book which I purchased after watching the video which has lots of things about contracts and um, yeah that kind of the more commercial side of pricing your illustrations so I just thought I'd recommend that Um, so yeah over and out bye